0: In episode 55, we're going to be talking about bow fishing, which is seeing a huge rise in popularity and is a really action-packed way of bringing both worlds of archery and fishing together. We'll talk setups, strategy, basically a crash course and what you need to know to get into the sport and how to really master the craft.
1: Welcome to the Shields Outdoors Podcast, your source for information on hunting, fishing, and all of your outdoor passions.
0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Shields Outdoors Podcast. My name is Mike Anderson, and today we're going to be joined by Brett Madero of the Omaha Shields Store. Brett works in the archery department and is an absolute fanatic for bow fishing. Now I've never actually gone bow fishing before, so this one's gonna be a learning experience for me, but I spent a lot of time both fishing and bow hunting. So I'm gonna be pretty excited to learn from Brett here and maybe get myself into a new hobby. Brett, thank you for joining us today. Can you give us a little introduction on yourself and how you got into bow fishing?
1: Yeah, my name is Brett Motero. Uh Been with uh, Shields for eight years now. I'm the archery manager here in Omaha. Um, I've been bow fishing for probably 15, 20 years, maybe more, something like that. Uh, kind of cut my teeth, bow fishing, uh, shooting different, uh, see creeks, feeder creeks, uh, road ditches, flooded road ditches, off county roads, really shooting just about anywhere I could, uh, different, uh, lakes wading what have you yeah it's it's an absolute riot
0: yeah i mean it, it looks like it's so much fun and you know talking about how you kind of got started like a lot of it was not on a boat right
1: exactly yep no just uh and that's what's cool about bow fishing for, especially for for people just getting into it you don't need a boat to go out and shoot fish um you don't have to have the the latest and greatest bow fishing bow to go do that. Uh, It could be a a hand-me-down bow, something uh, that you got from grandpa. Uh, It could be a a bow that you picked up at a pawn shop, whatever it be. Um, You can attach a, a reel to just about every bow that's out there.
0: Mm -hmm. very cool so did you did you start first bow fishing or were you fishing first and and doing archery stuff and kind of got into it that way how did that work for you
1: you know i was a i was a diehard rod and reel guy uh way back when anymore i i couldn't even tell you the last time that i rod and reel fished uh it's it's been a been a while but uh yeah, to kind of go on from that. Um, really, I, I've always had a a love and a passion for for archery, and once I uh, found out that I could shoot fish instead of catching fish, waiting for fish to to bite or whatever, yeah, I was I was all all aboard.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it really seems like it's a it's the kind of sport where you just kind of get out and go after them. There's not not really as much waiting involved that's kind of making your own luck
1: happen. Is, is and that... that's, what's, that's what's cool about it, yeah. You're not, uh, you're not sitting in one spot. You're constantly on the move, uh, looking at new water, different places, whatever it be.
0: Okay, very cool. So what, um, what sort of areas are you looking for if you're new to bow fishing, want to get started, be like – Okay, like, where do I even go?
1: The honestly, the the options are kind of endless. Uh, whether it be shooting uh, lakes around around uh, an area, uh, rivers. Um, anything that has kind of public access to to that waterway uh is a is a great place to start now of course we're bow fishing we're primary primarily targeting rough fish uh so carp gar buffalo big heads silvers um any uh, any waterway that uh that has got kind of access to the river, or if the river is flooded before, those those bodies of water are going to be chock full of rough fish.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it, kind of the beauty about this is you can really go bow fishing anywhere. You know, anywhere around United States, or even like exactly, the world, yes, for that matter. It's like basically you just need a river system and some rough fish. You know, granted, you're not going to get like gar everywhere but you know like there's as far as i know there's carp basically anywhere in the united states and that's it definitely
1: seems like it yeah
0: so yeah that's very cool what's your what's your absolute favorite fish to target
1: for me it would be it would be alligator gar hands down um which alligator gar they're they're primarily a a southern state fish Um, Texas Louisiana Mississippi uh, even some brackish waters uh, they'll have alligator gar but with those alligator gar what I what I find really awesome about them is that that we're fishing for them it's it's almost like your your white tailed deer hunting we're setting up on a fish we find a fish that that's rolling consistently try and get in on it set up and then it's, it's pretty much the waiting game. You know that fish is going to roll kind of right in that, in that general area. Now, you would think that uh, shooting at a 7-foot-plus fish would be, would be easy. No, it's, it's far from easy. So those alligator gar, they, they come up and they roll. When they roll, they're, what they're doing, they're gulping air. Uh, so you have a, a split second to uh, to shoot at that fish.
0: Hmm, that's interesting I guess I never really thought about uh you know tying in the bow fishing to like the actual bow hunting like the strategy involved similar to like a white tailed deer so i mean that's that's super fascinating to me
1: yeah that's that's what i what I really enjoy about alligator guard not only that but they're they can get absolutely huge.
0: Mm -hmm, absolutely so what's uh what's the biggest alligator
1: gar you've gotten so far so far my my biggest fish is seven foot five inches long uh 180 pounds no that's wild anything over a seven foot over that seven foot mark that's kind of the uh, the prized possession in the in the bow fishing world i mean that's what you're after that's around here it's the the equivalent of a hundred eighty-inch white tail. I mean, it's it's something special.
0: Okay, very nice. Do you have a good story on that one?
1: So that fish, I'm um, almost positive. I have shot that fish before. Uh, so these these gar typically are they have their own stretcher river, their home stretcher river. Uh, this fish was was in a hole that uh, that we fished for. Several years previously Uh, We go into that hole and just set up blindly didn't see any fish roll and 10 minutes after being set up there She ends up rolling I put an arrow in her and then it was pure chaos for the next Probably hour and a half. We we chased that fish up and down the river probably close to a mile We ended up putting five arrows in that fish just to just to get her in the boat. <laughs> that's unreal. It was it was something else.
0: Okay, now because I mean I'm I'm basically a whitetail nut. So now you you're really speaking my language here. I just don't even understand why I haven't tried bow fishing yet. You know I've had I've had lots of friends tell me like Hey, you got to try bow fishing. You got to come out." And I just, you know, I haven't made the time yet, and that's just an epic failure on my part. So now you are you are. Pushing me right over that edge to get into this bowl fishing sport for sure,
1: and like I said, it's it's not something where you need a a bunch of equipment to do it. Anyone can do, can go out there and and shoot a, a pile of fish. Um, it's like I said, it's an absolute riot. And what I what I really enjoy about it is you're you're out there with your buddies, uh, kind of the camaraderie, um, giving each other some some gruff I mean they miss a fish it's it's game on just <laughs> kind of sure. messing around yeah
0: yeah so um you know for somebody that's uh that's walking into it or maybe you know somebody that's been after it a while well, what are the what are the types of bows that you can use what's a good starter bowl what's a good bowl like once you fish a while this maybe step up can you walk me through like sort of the the types yeah. and the components of your, your bowl fishing so, bowl?
1: so to go bow fishing you don't need anything spectacular it could be something that uh, that was handed down um it could be something that that you grew up shooting it could be something that you picked up at a pawn shop or it could be a bow fishing specific type bow. Um, a lot of the uh, bow fishing uh, specific bows, they're, they're going to be constant draw bows. So there's no let off with them. Uh, those constant draw bows are, are a great option for someone that's, that's wanting to pick up a true bow fishing bow. Uh, those constant draw bows, they, they hit hard, For the poundage that they're that they're at and the the majority of the the bow fishing bows anywhere from say 30 to to 50 pounds you don't need to shoot 70 pounds when when you're going out bow fishing uh it's it's kind of overkill um with these fiberglass arrows that we're shooting in fact 70 pounds is is too much you're you're gonna have terrible arrow flight uh but not to really get off topic there but uh back to the back to the different types of bows like i said the constant draw uh that's going to primarily be your your bow geared towards bow fishing uh great for uh, the majority of people that are that are going out shooting fish
0: okay and then when you say constant draw do you mean something like a recurve something that doesn't like roll over a cam or what exactly is that
1: so these these constant draw bows they're they're going to draw back similar to what what a recurve will uh to where you don't have that let off uh but they're they're compounds they're uh so they will have cams on them um there's several manufacturers that that produce these kinds of bows whether it be from ams whether it be from cajun uh rpm uh there's like i said there's quite a few different options out there uh now for someone say younger or uh someone that that kind of struggles with poundage uh an adjustable draw length compound um so say a a youth bow uh, would be another great option now those those shorter draw lengths and in the lower poundages, uh, we'll say kids. Uh, in a lot of cases, women as well. They'll they'll kind of struggle when it comes to uh, the constant draw bows, uh, just because they don't have the uh, the draw length. Uh, with that with that longer draw length, that's really where the the constant draw bows really shine the uh adjustable draw length bows are great for like i said those those lower poundages the the lower draw lengths um and whether it be be something from say diamond uh say a diamond prism or mission with their their radic or the the hammer uh once again there's there's all kinds of different manufacturers out there that that are making great options for for those those scenarios Uh, going above both of those would be uh, what we call a lever bow so a lever bow is kind of a kind of a hybrid bow where you have recurve style limbs but you still have cams on that bow those lever bows they shoot a lot harder We'll say thirty percent harder at the same poundage uh, that a that a constant draw bow would would shoot. Uh, so, if someone considers themselves a a diehard bow fisherman, they're either already shooting a lever bow or they want to shoot a lever bow.
0: Okay, so somebody that uh, that wants to get into bow fishing, uh, you know either has an old bow or picked one up at a garage sale or whatever what what needs to get added on to make it from a hunting to a bowl fishing bowl? what other components do you need
1: the the biggest of course would be would be a reel uh whether it be a bottle style reel or whether it be a a big spin cast reel like a like a big zebco essentially um now going back on that uh just getting just getting into it it could be something and something as simple as a as a drum style reel to where you have to uh, physically wind your line back onto that reel Um, now those drum style reels are by far the the most economic uh, option as far as the the reels go you could pick up a a drum reel for 15 to 20 dollars and that gets you into the game, versus a a bottle reel. A bottle reel is by far the most user friendly. Uh, a bottle reel, say from AMS, their their retriever reel. Uh, you're you're talking a uh, hundred dollars, uh, hundred fifteen dollars, and and kind of going up from there. But that that retriever style reel or bottle reel, uh, there's no no kind of button that you have to remember to press. All of your line is is free floating. Um and that's that's really what makes it by far the most user friendly. Now in order to uh, to reel that style of reel in or to retrieve your line with that with that style of reel, uh you do have to pull down on on a trigger. That trigger will will engage a wheel and then uh that wheel pretty much pinches your line allowing you to 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 retrieve your arrow how about accessories
0: for for this stuff you know like you you have your basics uh what are are some really cool things that you can put on your bow fishing bow
1: um there's there's really all kinds of stuff whether whether it be uh say a a light uh for shooting at night um, whether it be different uh, arrow rests. And, and the arrow rest is a, is a big part of that, of that bow fishing kit, if you want to call it that. Uh, with these arrows weighing three times a weight, in a lot of cases, as, as a normal carbon arrow, you have to shoot a, a rest that is designed for bow fishing. Uh, no, once again, there's, there's all kinds of different options as far as a, a bow fishing rest goes, uh, whether it be something that has full containment, uh, whether it be something, uh, that is called kind of a, a shelf rest, um, to where you don't have that containment, um, a fish hook style rest or roller rest once again like i said there's there's all kinds of different rests out there Uh, but you definitely want to pick up a bow fishing specific rest if you're getting into it uh as far as different uh accessories a line polar those line polars will literally save your fingers uh that line polar what it's designed to do if you uh, shoot uh we'll say into real thick vegetation or accidentally uh, shoot one of those uh log fish uh <laughs> that line puller will will save your fingers you wrap your line around it a couple times and that that gives you really good leverage you're not cutting the snot out of your out of your hands out of your fingers
0: hmm That makes sense. So what about sights? Like, do you do you normally just aim at these fish like you're shooting a recurve, or is there a sight on some of these bows?
1: Depending on what style of reel a person is is wanting to go with. Yeah, you can put sights on on bow fishing bows. Um the majority of the bows that that I personally set up, I don't put sights on them. Uh and the kind of the reason behind that bow fishing is kind of a just like archery hunting it's kind of a an up close encounter game um typically your your average shot is we'll say five five yards or less uh no not saying that you can't shoot further than that but it's for the most part you're talking up and close shots uh if someone absolutely wants a wants a sight, yeah with the the majority of the setups that's something that we can definitely add on now one thing about putting a sight on is that it's not always going to be uh the most accurate so of course if a if a a fish is further out or if a fish is deeper you're gonna have to aim lower on that fish so we'll say if a fish is feeding right up top uh say filter feeding big heads or common carp that are up top sucking at cotton uh yeah those fish you you don't have to shoot lower but if a fish is three foot down you're gonna have to shoot we'll say probably close to a foot below that fish just because that that light is going to refract
0: okay yeah you were you just Hit my next question. is was like, okay, well, I mean, I understand. I sh- I shoot my bow a lot, but like the refraction in the water, you have to account for that. Like
1: exactly, and that's you have to. It's really uh, that's probably the the number one thing that that people get frustrated with uh, when when someone gets into bow fishing is that they they're constantly shooting over fish. They they can't seem to hit fish. Um, usually what I tell people when, when you draw back and you think you're, you're right on that fish, drop your arm another, another six inches and that'll, that'll put you right in the wheelhouse or actually try and shoot below that fish. Um, the majority of the time that's not going to happen.
0: Do you have to worry about, uh, side to side or mostly just up and down?
1: Mostly up and down. Yep.
0: Okay. Yeah, I'm I'm definitely really curious to try this cuz I've done uh, I've done like spearing before. You know where you're sure, where yeah. you're on the ice and you're going down and I know you it, it's a little bit off, but I mean for the most part you don't have to adjust a ton, but sure. Yeah, it's it, it would definitely be a learning curve. Did it did it take you very long to like get super confident in in understanding the refractions?
1: No doubt about it. Yes yep and it's constantly changing so we'll say if i'm if i'm shooting a lake that has really good clarity uh we'll we'll say a a lake that that i can see five feet or more down that to me is one of the one of the biggest struggles because i'm personally i'm used to shooting water clarity that's in in good cases six inches or less uh so when i when I get to those to those lakes that have that crystal clear clarity it it can be uh a lot of missed shots, no doubt about it till till you really figure out exactly where where you need to shoot or where you need to aim
0: mhm- you know, and that's the same with anything like you can't just expect that you're gonna be a sharp shooter like from the moment you pick up a boat exactly
1: yep and there's there's days where you can be on fire like you you can't miss it doesn't matter what you do and there's days where if you were to fall out of the boat you'd be lucky to to hit water it's (laughs) that's kind of one of those one of those deals
0: yeah for sure so say someone that's you, you know similar to you shoots you know similar poundages stuff like that what sort of effective range can you expect and like how far down can you shoot before your arrow loses enough like momentum to actually like get through the fish
1: so myself i i shoot a lever bow uh and i shoot my bows at at 38 pounds my bows never change in weight and that doesn't matter if i'm if i'm targeting alligator gar in texas or if I'm shooting big heads around here, giant commons in South Dakota, it never changes from from 38 pounds. Now it seems like the the deeper fish, a lot of people will will struggle, uh, and especially at at my poundage, I I struggle with with deeper fish. Just getting that uh, that kinetic energy behind it. Um, but it seems like once i once i get to say eight feet that's when i'll have troubles actually sticking that fish i'll pull scales off but uh if someone was primarily fishing a body of water that has really good clarity i would suggest to them that they shoot a a heavier poundage uh we'll say 50 or 45 or whatever it be
0: okay gotcha Uh, another question i have is do you lead the fish like if it's if it's stationary or if it's i'm assuming you lead the fish a little bit if it's moving but like will the fish anticipate your draw or like see it coming and stuff like that
1: so grass carp are notorious for this uh grass carp are typically very spooky fish um so you'll draw back on a fish and that fish will see that movement and they'll they'll take off so yes you you do need to lead a fish that's that's really hauling butt um those fish are extremely tough to shoot uh but a lot of those those fish that are that spooky they're they're big and they're they don't get that big from just sitting there not not caring.
0: Mhm. Yeah, so I mean, can you give me a little reference on like how far ahead you're aiming?
1: Oh, I would say if a if I'm shooting spooky grass carp and granted it depends on how far that fish is out uh it's not uncommon to to shoot a couple feet in front of a fish. Okay those fish they're i mean they're built for for speed uh grass carp are are really long fish uh almost like a torpedo uh they can when they take off they can flat out scoop
0: yeah how about like your form when you're shooting so i, f- I feel pretty confident in my ability is shooting like my compound in a recurve bowl like are you, is it very similar, or are there certain differences between your form when you shoot with bow fishing?
1: Of course, just like uh, anything shooting a bow, uh, consistency is is key. Uh, now, the majority of of bow fishermen shoot shoot fingers. Uh, they don't shoot a release. Now, shooting fingers you're you're going to have human error in there. Ideally, when that when that arrow hits the water, I don't want to see it throw any kind of splash. If if when that arrow hits the water, it splashes real bad, you're losing a ton of energy, and that arrow isn't traveling through. So, <clears throat> shooting fingers, you're you're going to have that human error involved there, um, which I guess my uh, my advice that I give to people is is to try and be as consistent as, as you can be with your release, whether you're, you're shooting fingers or, or whether you do want to shoot a release. Uh, like I said, m- the majority of people just, just shoot fingers, uh, know whether it be shooting all three under, whether it be shooting two under one over a couple different styles, really personal preference as far as that goes. Um, Versus someone shooting a release the nice the nice thing about shooting a release is that you have that repeatability uh, You kind of take that human air out of the equation Now when shooting a release, it's just one more thing that that you have to you have to do before the shot, of course uh, in bow fishing bow fishing can get pretty pretty hot and heavy and I think that's why the majority of the of the diehard bow fishermen, just, just shoot fingers. Um, They don't want to take the time to uh, clip their release on it. It's, it's something small, but it's one of those, one of those deals.
0: Mm -hmm. And then it like is, is using a release going to affect like how fast you can shoot at something too?
1: Absolutely. It would. Yes. Yep.
0: Okay. Do you always come back to full draw when you're, when you're bow fishing or are there some instances where you're like, Two thirds and send it, or how does that
1: work? Yeah, in fact, I. It depends. Once again, kind of what I'm what I'm targeting. We'll say if I'm shooting uh, big heads that are that are in a school. We'll say I I have a couple people on the boat. Uh, what we'll do is draw back. Everyone picks a fish and then count it down. Three, two, one. Uh, then let it rip. Uh, now, if we're shooting. Uh, say small gar or if you're shooting a, a rocky bottom or, or something along those lines uh no the majority of the time when when we're shooting in in that kind of scenario i'm just coming to a a quarter draw or a half draw uh, and that's kind of the beauty of these bow fishing specific bows is the fact that you can snap shoot with them you don't have to come all the way back to full draw uh and just having that that ability to snap shoot you can draw back a quarter of the way through the draw cycle and shoot so you're not getting a a full pass through on that fish or you're you're not damaging arrow points Mm -hmm.
0: yeah that's definitely a nice luxury to have like being able to snap shoot, you know, you can, you know, you can judge if there's a rock down there, like you don't have to go all the way or if you got a quick shot. So yeah, exactly. That makes a lot of sense. So, um, have you ever shot at any of those fish that like jump out of the water?
1: In fact, just, uh, two days ago. Yeah. Yeah. Really? What what kind of fish was that? So that's pretty much the, the Asian carp. There's two, two different species of, Of those asian carp uh you have big heads and then you you have silvers silvers are are the jumping fish uh which silvers they they don't get as big as the as the big heads do uh but they're they're the only ones that jump no they can they can get 40 50 pounds and shooting a 40 50 pound fish out of the air it's it's something to something to see absolutely
0: yeah that's got to be a ton of fun do you uh do you like video a lot of this stuff too
1: i i've kind of messed around with it a little bit but uh it just seems like it's one more thing that that kind of gets in the way in the way for me um it's something that i that I definitely want to get better with but when i'm when I'm going out there i i'm out there to have have fun and try and shoot as many fish as i as I possibly can.
0: Yep, yep, that makes sense. That's that's something where, like, your Tacticam point-of-view cameras could really exactly. come in handy. Yes, or, and know, that's, like,
1: it's, it'll make pretty cool video. My thing is just remembering to to turn the dang thing on.
0: <laughs> yep, yep, that's the... That's the issue with just about anybody that brings a camera into the woods. Oh, yes, like, you, exactly. get, you get so excited and caught up in the moment, and then it's like, oh, that was so awesome. Yeah. And then you yeah. look down at your bow, and it's like, oh, I had a camera, but I forgot to turn that on. Shit. Yep. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. So, um, you know, one thing we haven't really talked about yet is, like, your boat setups for this bow fishing stuff. Um, can can you walk us through the boat that uh, that you like to use, or and then kind of like the components of it, how it's different from a traditional
1: fishing yeah, boat? Yeah, for sure. So the the majority of the the bow fishing boats out there are a a, a John boat, um, especially around here. Uh, now there are lots of people that'll that'll fish off of air boats as well, um, but in in this area of the country the the John boat is is kind of king uh, you Now whether that be a, say a 16 foot boat up to 20 footers, 24 foot boats. Um, around the around the Midwest here a lot of people shoot off of a uh, an elevated deck uh, a tower uh, and that's something that, that everyone kind of fabricates them themselves. Um, But being up higher off the water shooting during, during daylight anyways, you can see a lot further out and you'd, you'd be amazed at what just, just two feet can do for you versus if you're standing uh, on the bow of the boat to where you're, I'm not going to say flush with the water, but essentially, yeah. My personal boat, I have a a 1652, which I've been needing to upgrade now for 15 years, something like that. It's, it's been a while, but it definitely gets the job done. It does everything that I need it to. And my personal boat, I, my tower is, oh, I want to say it's probably 18 inches off the, the bow of the, the deck, um, i do run lights on my on my tower Uh, for shooting at night i run high pressure sodium lights and then i have a a generator to power those lights Uh, just in the past we'll say probably 10 years leds have have really taken off on on bow fishing boats Uh, the nice thing about an led versus say, halogens or, or high-pressure sodiums or, or metal halides is the fact that you can run those LEDs off of batteries, so you don't have the noise of a generator, which can spook fish. Um, at the end of the night, uh, it seems like when you get home, all that you hear is that generator running for the for the <laughs> next six hours.
0: Yep. Yeah, anybody that that ice fishes in permanent
1: shacks exactly. knows yeah, exactly same, what you're talking idea. about. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. But no, it it can really be any kind of boat. Uh, the reason that that most people will use John boats, bow fishing is uh, it's definitely not for the faint of heart. Uh, bow fishing is a pretty uh, pretty bloody sport. Uh, you're talking fish guts, blood, scales, lime, all over the place. Any kind of boat that has carpet in it, you're, you're asking for for a stench there. The nice thing about, uh, of course, a, a metal floor is that you're not gonna keep that smell. You take it to the car wash or get it back home, power wash it, and it's, it's good to go for the next trip.
0: Okay, that makes sense. So um I've got a little 14-foot lund, like maybe 1970s, 1980s, or whatever. Like, what should I do to get that sucker set up for bow fishing? So the first thing is probably a platform, right?
1: <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. No, okay. it's it's something to where, by all means, you don't have to have a platform on, but – if you're shooting during the, during the daylight, it'll really increase how far you can see. Um, of course, bow fishing, you, you have to see that fish in order to, to go after it. Mm -hmm. Um, so I'm
0: so if I'm making my platform, like do I just start with a four by eight sheet of plywood and some two by fours and then just get after it? Or what do you think there?
1: That's, that's kind of what I did with, with my first tower. Uh, no, just something that we, that me and a buddy kind of whipped together real quick. And we realized that, uh, you don't want to go too high with it. Uh, because once you, uh, get that, uh, that kind of weight further up, that, that boat becomes pretty, pretty tippy. And that's, that's one of the issues with a, with a V bottom boat or with a with a v-hole as opposed to a to a flat bottom boat Mm -hmm. those v-holes they they're definitely not as stable it doesn't seem like um as a as a flat bottom boat now the v V v-holes will will eat through water a heck of a lot better than than a flat bottom boat a flat bottom you have any kind of uh waves any kind of chop any kind of substantial wind and it'll it'll beat the snot out of you on a flat bottom boat Mm -hmm. yeah
0: i believe that so so then in that case i'd probably want to make my platform a little bit smaller then right exactly okay sounds good and then and then i i like the thought of throwing those leds on there because then you can just bring a bring a battery and connect it to that and then you're ready to rock
1: absolutely Mm -hmm.
0: have you noticed a lot of like Scaring the fish when you're using lights, or does it not seem to bother them all that much
1: depending on on what type of fish uh we'll say the majority of carp, whether it be commons, whether it be say buffalo um, some grass carp depending depending on if they're they're pressured or not, they really don't pay much attention to the lights now big heads big heads don't tolerate those lights like at all uh when we're shooting big heads at night what we do is actually just run a run a handheld spotlight uh and it has to be on on a night where you have a a decent moon to where you can see that see those fish up top filter feeding uh then what we'll do is gotta count it down someone comes back to full draw the other person turns on the light and you you have to be ready ready to shoot right then and there Mm -hmm. Uh, because when you turn on that light they'll they'll spook they'll go down
0: yeah this is uh, this is super interesting for me because it's just like you can tell that that you've spent a lot of time in a boat thinking about this and and I'm sure a lot of these instances you learn from from like failures and stuff like that but oh, it's yes. it's super nice to just get the just get the quick hit information like okay these are this is what I need this is some things to look out for just super cool. All right. Well, I'd like to I'd like to move into a little bit of story time now. So do you have a, do you have a craziest time in the boat
1: in mind? Probably the well, there's there's all kinds, truthfully, um, but probably the the craziest or most chaotic would be. Uh, it seems like any time we boat an alligator dart or get an arrow into a big alligator guard it's pure pure chaos like everything just goes right out the window um with those those big alligator guard The the amount of power that they have behind them is absolutely incredible so once you once you get an arrow in a fish the the next goal is to get a backup arrow in that fish uh once you have a backup arrow in that fish you're your odds of, of boating that fish just skyrocketed, but no, it's like I said, it's pure chaos when when you get an arrow in that fish. Um, pretty much what what we do is you have your uh, your anchor guy. That guy pulls up pulls up the anchor as quick as he possibly can and tries to run the trolling motor as the his buddy right next to him is dang near getting ripped out of the boat by this fish. Um,
0: have you ever had like instances where somebody actually did get ripped out of the boat?
1: So what we do down there, we shoot uh, big game retrievers. So we have floats attached to our line. Now we try and get, like I said, another arrow in that fish as quick as possible. But if that fish is going, you're you're not stopping it like like i said the amount of power that they have is absolutely insane so if that fish is going what we'll do we'll we'll let that that float go um almost slingshot it you you get some some pressure behind that line and then uh that fish will flat out take off with that with that big float uh from there we'll chase that float down Pull her up and, like I said, try and get, get another arrow in it. Uh, <clears throat> probably one of the uh, one of the I don't want to say scariest, but uh, I've had some pretty close calls with shooting too many fish uh, to where we we dang near sank the boat <laughs> because we had that many fish on on the boat. Uh, you definitely want to be careful with it. Um, always keep in mind of, of your surroundings and what, what's going on. Uh, a lot of times I'm, I'm fishing the river and the the rivers are, are nothing to be messed around with. Like you, you don't want to underestimate them. Um, safety wise, wear life jacket, uh, and like I said, always kind of be, be aware of your, your surroundings kind of what's going on and your head on a swivel.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Some things to, things to be aware of. That's, that's a really wild concept to think about. Like you've had such a successful day that you have to make sure your boat isn't too heavy because you've shot so many of them. Exactly. <laughs> yes.
1: It's, it's uh, no, those, day, those days don't, don't happen for me often enough, but yeah, I've, I've had those days.
0: Yeah. The, they never happen enough for anyone, whether it's exactly, you're just like crappie fishing or you're bull fishing or whatever. It's just, you always want to just smash them. But, um, you know, do do you have any stories like that come to the top of your mind where you absolutely smashed them and like what kind of brought about all that success?
1: (sighs) <clears throat> probably the one thing that that comes to mind um and this on this day boy I, I can't even remember the the total count for what we what we shot but it was kind of the the perfect perfect storm um the river was on the rise uh we were able to get clear into a flooded backwater and A lot of times when that when that water hits fresh vegetation so the water's rising up uh hitting fresh vegetation that water clarity just it's crystal clear like bath water Um, and it's literally you can shoot till your fingers bleed one of those type deals and that's where yeah i've i've had some some close calls to where we've had to go go and unload fish uh and then then go back out
0: that's wild so and you know the good thing with shooting all these fish is they're like you know invasives or or things like that and it's and it's generally good for the ecosystem to get rid absolutely.
1: of absolutely yes cuz uh, in a lot of cases these these fish are are destroying the uh you know the the waterways uh we'll take for an example uh, big heads and silvers uh 10 years ago it was it was a lot different place than than what it is to date um the amount of fish that that are in these river systems it's it's a cause of of concern that's that's for sure
0: mhm yep absolutely so you know you've given us given us a lot of information here and uh you know told a couple of good stories so i'm i'm, I'm pretty jacked to, to try bowl fishing here so do you have yeah, any you have, you have to make it last... happen get out there and yeah i do do, do I gotta, it gotta gotta make it down to your store and maybe visit and, and take an evening do a little bull fishing that'd be
1: absolutely pretty <laughs> yeah we'll make it happen
0: <laughs> so do you you know before we close this out do you have do you have a few last tips or words of wisdom that that the viewers can take away from this
1: um one of the uh, probably one of the biggest uh Biggest tips is to to get yourself a, a good polarized pair of glasses. If especially if you're you're shooting during the day, uh, shooting at night, yeah, you don't need them. But if you're if you're going to spend any kind of time shooting during during the day, invest the the money and, and pick up a pair of good quality polarized glasses. Uh, my my favorite by far. Or the uh, the Costa del Mar, uh, the five eighties, and I've I've shot with with Oakleys in the past. I've shot uh, with the four hundred series Costas, but those five eighties. It it seems like for me, with those glasses, at the at the end of the day, my eyes don't have the the amount of eye strain that that cheap glasses do. Um, Color separation as well, those those five eighties, they they'll make those different colors. And a lot of times that's what you're looking for uh, is something something different that's in the water. So definitely get yourself a a good pair of polarized glasses. Uh, It'll help out a ton. then probably the the next biggest tip is aim low. <laughs> just try and try and shoot below below that fish till till you kind of gain a, a grasp of it.
0: Okay. Yeah, great advice and and I mean you're spot on with the you know with the sunglasses and the eye strain and stuff like when you're out there bullfishing, I'm assuming like you are really breaking down these pieces of water and seeing things that are just you know, a hair different than something else. And the faster you can pick up on those fish, the faster you can prepare yourself. for Exactly. Yes. Yep. Mm -hmm. Very cool. So yes, again, thank you for your time and for your information. And you've definitely got me excited to, to get out and try this bow fishing.
1: Anytime. So, yeah.
0: All right. Well, you know, Hey, best of luck, best of luck on the water and, um, and we'll see you out there.
1: Awesome. Awesome. Thanks for having me. Thank you.
0: You just heard our conversation with Brett Madero on bow fishing. If this is something you'd like to try out, but don't have the gear to do it. You can either head to your local shield store or view our selection online using the link in the description of this podcast. We have everything from bows to complete setup kits to your reels, replacement line, And that line puller that Brett talked about that will save your hands. If you like what you heard, make sure to hit that subscribe button on the listening platform you chose today. We have a new episode every Friday and you're going to get that notification of a new episode. And with that, we want to thank you all for listening and see you next time.